Welcome to The Light Show at Victory Church Grand Prairie. We pray these testimonies build your faith, strengthen your heart, and help magnify the presence of God who is with you right now through faith in Jesus Christ, His Son. The Light Show is also available to watch on YouTube. Just search for Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can also join us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok for regular encouragement in your walk with the Lord. And now, let there be light. Today we have something extraordinary to just tell, and I'm super excited about it. We're so grateful for people being willing to tell their testimony. For Tamara, this is big, and not everybody knows Tamara, but our guest today is Tamara Riley. Worse. And I mean... Guest, guest in that we're discussing on a show type thing, but family in the sense that she is completely grafted in here. Tamara's one of my favorite people to visit with um, because she's completely transparent in, in what she says. Like, you know, sometimes you, you talk to people and you're wondering what, what they mean by what they say. Tamara just is open and you share your journey. And I think today this is going to be an incredible thing. The light show, as Pastor George um, mentioned, you know, we... We're going with the concept of we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And testimony changes perspective. Testimony is, it's not um, really up for debate. Your experience is your experience. What you have encountered, what any of us have encountered, we've encountered. And so putting it out there, I think is a big deal. And our society, I feel like um, North American culture is so big on like, we all want to look good all the time. And if we have any things that we're not, we're not proud of. We just want to like hide it away, tuck it away, move to a new town and just start over and never tell anybody what we've been part of or what, you know, what we've done. But the fact is that's counter to how we, we read the gospels and what Jesus did and what people experienced when they experienced him. And I love the testimonies that we see of Jesus. And just a couple of the the scriptures that we go off of with the light show and just the theme that we're going with as a church as well. Uh, Matthew 5, 14 to 16, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. And Isaiah 60 verse 1 which is a favorite right now. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And I believe that about Tamara. I, this has been um, a very interesting couple of years in your journey with God. Lots of you, we're gonna go back to the beginning, but tell us, your, like, where are you at with God right now? He's my best friend. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I know it sounds like so corny and so churchy, but he truly is the guy that... I talk to the minute I get out of bed, before I go to bed, through the day. Yeah. And it's not just like, God, I want. It's, did you see that? Wasn't that awesome? It's someone I laugh with. It's someone I cry with. It's, he's everything. And he is God. Yeah. You know? So it's this beautiful dance of best friend and your holy, sovereign God. Wow. And I don't lose sight of that. Yeah, it's amazing. And you you did the Fast Track program this last year, the Leadership Fast Track. So you were doing like book reading and Bible study all year long. And yeah. then I know in your case, you got to the summer break and you were like, I don't want to take a break. Like, you know, and, and no. you asked like, what, what would be something good to study? And you spent like a couple months studying worship yeah. and just engaging God and the power of praise and the power of worship and what it does on the inside. Like that's kind of the relationship that you're walking with the Lord is that you don't want to be absent from no. him. No. You don't want to let it cool off. No, no. I, there is no cooling off with God. Yeah. There, that's not a thing. In fact, I often will pray, don't ever let me stop being overwhelmed by your presence. Oh, what a good prayer. Yeah. It's so good. And this, this comes from a really clear perspective. Today, as we share, with, Tamara and I have talked and we're like, in our North American culture, we tend to particularly Canadian culture. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to say anything that's going to be upsetting. So we soften our words and we, we package what we say. And so we talk about things like spirituality mm. and we talk about, um, you know, pursuit of higher power and, you know, things like, you know, just mm -hmm. we, we want to package it up. The journey that you've been on, you, you feel to be clear. Like it, it is black and white, light and darkness, yeah. Jesus and the counterfeits. There, there's no compromise. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to go there and we're going to like say 
all the real words for things. We're going to go into the direct stuff. And I believe it brings incredible freedom to just talk mm-hmm. like that about um, the journey that you've been on. We're going to start from the beginning, though, because this is really interesting. Um, the path that, that brought you to the church today is the tail end of an occultic mm-hmm. path, yep. uh, the tail end of paganism. You know, you, you came from this roundabout, windy way to get here. And you know, when we meet people on a Sunday morning, we never know people's journey, but I can guarantee you everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Everybody, nobody like had the perfect path just to live the perfect life and never had any obstacles or issues or temptations or whatever. But um, not everybody sees it as clearly as you do. And I think that the specific portions of your story are helpful for us to follow because we can see how sometimes we can slip into things. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start at the beginning because when we start with saying you come out of paganism, you come out of the occultic world, you started in the church. In the church. Yeah. So let's <laughs> go there at the beginning, just break down for everybody a little bit, your early years, family life. What, what was your experience with God and church in the beginning? <laughs> so fun. Um, definitely, I grew up in the church. Uh, parents were very involved in the church, Sunday school leaders, youth leaders, worship leaders, the, the whole nine yards, um, Pentecostal church. So yep. witness to demonic deliverances, yeah, everything you imagine in a Pentecostal church, I probably saw it. And uh, yeah. I loved God, I thought. I didn't think he loved me. I, I didn't understand relationship. It wasn't something that was really, either it wasn't taught or I didn't hear it at that age. And it was God was here and you go to church because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. That's, this is what our family does. And as in some Christian families, what happens in the church does not happen in the home. And, uh, you know, I love my parents. They did the best they could with the tools they had. And sometimes life was not easy to try and keep walking with God when you would sit there and go, but I'm seeing two different things and they don't measure up. Yeah, which is a huge thing. I mean, it's a people issue, Mm -hmm. but I think it's something that, again, is part of the the game face Mm -hmm. that we put on. You know, because where we should be, if, if we're struggling at home or things are going on, we should be asking for help. We should be asking for prayer. We should be going for counseling, you know, those sorts of things, like seeking a, a God solution, but instead it's just game face it, go home, close the doors, something else happens at home. And the product is kids that, yes, know all the Bible stories, can quote the scriptures, sing the worship songs, but like it, it stuck out to me when we um, have been speaking about this and you said... I didn't know that God loved me. Now, I bet you sang Jesus loves me oh, 30,000 times. Of course. You know, yep. Jesus loves the little children. You sing, But you didn't have the knowing of it. No. And that's a big deal. The relationship is Huge far deal. more than just the information. Yeah. And the crossover was that you didn't see it no. in action. No. Yeah. No. I had the information, but I did not have the transformation. Yeah. You know? That's huge. So this goes on um, into your teen years and you begin to have a little more freedom and a little bit more free choice-ish. You can say that. To choose choose right or to not, but... Yes. Um, For me, I... I, And it's always been something I've carried is I can't fake it. So I'm either with you or I'm not, but I'm not going to run this middle warm line. And that was hard because I would be involved in the church and I would see other people who were, you know, hands raised, love you God on Sunday. And then I got to see them on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and there was no follow through. It was very different. And I'm like, I I don't fit. I don't fit in the church because I don't really understand the relationship and I don't fit in the world because I know there is a God. So it was always the sense of, I don't belong. And if you look at it now, like obviously people are in process. So Mm -hmm. sometimes there is like from a, from a more experienced perspective, sometimes there is a bit of a gap between what we see on Sunday morning and what's happening day to day because we're growing and we're working out our salvation, but there should be progressive growth. Yeah. And that's that part you didn't get to see. Yeah. Yeah. 
Definitely. So that's fair. <laughs> so have, feeling like the I don't belong anywhere person mm -hmm. drove you where? Oh, that drove me to the wrong crowd. <laughs> I will find a place there. <laughs> yeah. And I did. Um, you know, running with the wrong kids, drugs, alcohol, skipping school, um, getting into all that kind of stuff. By the time I was 16, I was pregnant with my first child. Purely from a place of, I need to fit. Somebody needs to care. I'll give you everything I have, literally. Yeah. And maybe you'll care about me, which got me into a, an extremely abusive relationship with a man who beat me regularly. Uh, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, you name it, it happened in that relationship. Yeah. To the point that there was, a, like you ended up um, with a second pregnancy as well. Yes. He was abusive mm -hmm. towards your oldest child. Yes. Yes. And to the point that you ended up hospitalized. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people, like the, the crossover, um, and I, I think one of your perspectives on this um, or your journey with it is very important to mention because a lot of people have been in those sorts of situations. And the lie that comes is, you, you deserve, deserve this. It. You deserve yeah. this. You brought this on yourself. Mm -hmm. And every time he hits you, you deserve it. Yeah. So don't bother whining about it. Put your makeup on, fix your face, face a day. Yeah, which is huge. And your, your path into the I deserve it is, you know, rooted in, because um, you knew the right things to do from the church world. Knew the right things, knew the right yeah. verses, didn't do it. And the crossover point, when you, when you first found out that you were pregnant, you told your parents and your dad's response was? Not surprised. Yeah. So to hear that, I'm not surprised. Again, you deserved it. You deserve it. You deserve this. So enjoy your lot in life. And like that, like we could, we could stop talking right there and that would be enough for some of us to just get healing on because that lie, like that is, that is the thing where the enemy comes and he tries to attach our behavior to our identity. Mm -hmm. And the things that we do or the choices that we make or the, the people that we connect with, suddenly now I am bad and I, I deserve this consequence because this is who I am. Yeah. And that's a, that's a harsh place to land. And so um, some of the crossovers, you know, you stay longer in a situation mm -hmm. that's harmful than you should yeah. because your mind is telling you, which is really the accusers telling you, you deserve this. You brought this on yourself. Yeah. Suck it up. hundred percent. I mean, my saving grace in that relationship was the day that I saw him hit my daughter. And that was that. I may deserve it, but she didn't. Wow. And so that was the day I, I walked away. That was also the day that he beat me to the point where there are vertebrates that are shoved up here in my neck now that don't belong. Um, shoulder damage. I should have lost my son. I was pregnant with him at the time. The doctor was amazed that he survived that, that I survived it. But uh, she deserved better. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. We can see it for other people, right? Yeah. But how often do we get caught in it ourselves that this is, this is my lot mm -hmm. and this is where I'm going to be forever? Yeah. So from there, you, um, you did end up drifting back into church. I did, I did, um, after I left him. I settled in with my parents for a bit, had my kids, thought I was good, thought I was good. <laughs> no, not good. Started going back to church with them and uh, the, the rejection was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. 19, two kids, no father in the house and uh, still very emotionally damaged, um, hurt, angry, not sure who I was angry at, but pick someone and I would be angry at them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember sitting in the church nursery with my son and uh, he was just such a little bundle of joy, but he was upset and I was trying to comfort him and I didn't know what to do. I'm 19. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm barely an adult. And so I'm holding him and I'm crying with him. And I remember the other women so clearly in the nursery, older than me with their babies, literally standing on the other side of the room, watching this happen. Now it's, it's truly, I have zero judgment against them. 
it was a different time. People didn't know how to deal with single moms, with teenagers who, you know, messed up. And that's where it was. And it was just this overwhelming feel of, I still don't belong. There's not a place for me here. Yeah. Which is huge. Like this, this part of your story is like devastating to me from a church perspective. And I realize um, how easy it is for us to just miss, you know, miss a step, but it's a life and it's a family that's connected to that. And I think it's so important that we, you know, we don't assume on a Sunday morning that just because we're all in the four walls of the church that everybody's got their stuff together. Mm -hmm. In fact, pretty much nobody does, you know, but we're all messy. <laughs> we've all got messy <laughs> stuff, but we're, we're in the process. And so reaching out um, and acknowledging, and, you know, you had said possibly some of those situations because you were a little guarded. Mm -hmm. If somebody had reached out to you, you probably would have oh, shut them down. Yeah. And I'm like, so what do you do with that? Because we've all had that experience where we try and start a conversation with somebody and or like they look like they're feeling uncomfortable or they're, they're in pain of some kind and we try and reach out and we're not getting through. And you just said, keep knocking. Please keep knocking. Please keep phoning. Please keep... Why don't we have Kleenex? Why don't we have Kleenex? Could somebody bring us Kleenex? The camera guy will bring us Kleenex. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing is that it's, it's layers yeah. of, and sometimes mm -hmm. it's on call number 12 or call number 15 that somebody's actually going to say, yes, I would like to go for coffee or yes, yeah. I, would, I would like to have you over or yes, I would like to connect. But prior to that, shame keeps you Absolutely. in the walls. Absolutely. And even if they never answer your call, you're showing them that Jesus is literally standing there knocking continually. And that will stick out in their mind. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of us, I think, have had that experience where either we didn't know how to let people in and it was the persistent, bold one that made it through, or we've been trying and we don't want to be offensive. We don't want to nag people. We don't want to be like nag. You know, too much. Be offensive. But, <laughs> yeah. So for every, everybody who's like, no, don't do Tamara said we should because... Yeah. You need, you need to be reached, but yeah. all of us, we need people. We're meant mm -hmm. for community, right? Like yeah. the very beginning when God made Adam and Eve, he made Adam and he was like, it's not good that he's alone. That, that principle applies to all of us that we, mm -hmm. are, we are not good to be alone. So we're meant yeah. for the body of Christ. We're meant to come together. Um, we're meant to fellowship. We're meant to spur one another on. And like what it would have meant that day for somebody to just come and like, can I hold your baby? Can I, Something. you know, who knows, right? Yeah but you kept serving in the church. This is the thing that's fascinating to me is that you're, you're in pain. You're not really in a relationship with Jesus at this point, no. but you, you know enough to pursue God, to be in church somehow, and you're serving all over the place, but you also had some like weird experiences with the pastor and like, <laughs> what about that? Uh, yeah. I, I <laughs> I, was, I mean, we're uh, putting it out there, everybody. Church it is out not there. perfect. It's not, it's not always beautiful. Um, def I was serving in the Sunday school and uh, had all the littles under me. And my kids, I was applying to put them into Christian school, ironically enough. And I needed a letter from my pastor. So I went to my pastor and I said, I need a letter from you stating how long I've been in the church and, you know, a little bit about me. And he goes, do I know you? I teach your children, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at that point I was pretty much done. Yeah. I was pretty much, yeah, I'm out. Because it comes back to identity again, right? That you're invisible, nobody knows you, which is a seed that was planted, comes up again later in your story, but there was a seed planted there mm -hmm. yeah. that in church you're serving, you can be here, but nobody knows who, even the nobody pastor doesn't knows know who you are. Yeah. And this is the challenge, like even um, in church settings is that not everybody can know everybody, but somebody should endeavor to know somebody. And if we're all putting in a little bit of effort, everybody is known and seen, mm -hmm. um, doesn't change the fact that we're all seen and known by God, yeah. but people don't always get it right. And, you know, I'm, I'm, certain it's probably happened in this church too, where, you know, people slip through the cracks and it's never intentional. Um, this is like such a good reminder to be more purposeful mm. about actually meeting people, actually 
you know, catching names, actually following through. But it's also a reminder of how, how much resistance there is to that place of belonging and family that we're called to, right? That, that Jesus has invited us into that place of relationship with him. But if we can get offended by the church, it blocks us from the relationship with him. Well, so, I think the enemy uses that. Oh, as, totally. Like, that's one of his best weapons is to seclude you, make you feel like you don't belong, make you feel unseen, because the more he can get you alone, the better off he is. Yeah. And that's what he was doing on me, little did I know. Yeah. Piece by piece, he was making sure that I felt so alone yeah. that he could do what he wanted. And the, the thing is, there's, there's places where, like, I, I think when you were in that situation, you were, like, extremely vulnerable, extremely damaged. You needed people to reach out to you. I think at this point, when you're in a healthy state, um, you purpose to reach out. Like if you were feeling isolated or whatever, you call somebody to go for coffee. Yeah. You, you like book to go do something or whatever. You go on the offensive about it. Yeah. So we're at different places in the journey mm -hmm. too, but the connection is super important. Yeah. And it's not just about who showed up Sunday morning. No. It's what happens all the rest of the time. Yeah. So what I think is impressive, like you, you really had a rough start. <laughs> But you put yourself through university, you had a mm -hmm. teaching degree, you, like you, you really did something. Yeah. Um, as a single mom, raised two kids, raised two great kids. Yep. Like amazing you've kids. done, you've done well, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a huge thing. Mm. You didn't quit on life. No. But you did quit on God. Definitely quit on God. And that part of the journey I think is very interesting. So you, you raise your kids. They're not really raised in church environment at all. Not really. Not really. I, we tried for a while, but again, there was that whole, I don't fit. And then it was really easy to start. Ah, we'll go next Sunday. Ah, next Sunday. Yeah. And next Sunday never comes. Right. Yeah. So by the time they graduate high school and you're on your own and you met your now husband. My husband. And yes. he met a woman without any spirituality, faith, yep. nothing. He just nothing. met the, the fun, happy teacher girl. Yep. Whatever. Well, he thought she was happy. <laughs> <laughs> this Poor <is> guy. <laughs> but he's a great guy. And you're, you've been married guy. how long now? Nine years. It's tattooed <laughs> on her arm. I'm starting to think that's a good idea. Nine it's years. A wonderful idea. <laughs> <laughs> so... You met him, married him, um, and you are like externally um, a fairly naturally joyful person because you're you like fun, you like you like being. Partisan. I do now. Y yeah. Yeah. But the inner anger mm -hmm. that had started way back, yeah, just kept growing. Mm -hmm. So there's an undercurrent that um, was beginning to to explode, yeah. um, and you had you had mentioned that basically everybody on the outside thought you were great. Mm -hmm. Anybody who experienced you behind your, your four walls experienced yes. something else. Not so pretty. Mm -hmm. Not so pretty. Yeah, I definitely um, had the appearance of having it all together. You know, always fairly in control of her emotions and happy, there to support you. But the inner world mm -hmm. was nasty. It was nasty. Yeah, like you described it as relentless anger. Yeah. Relentless anger, like that's yeah. quite a, that's quite a phrase. Yeah, um, which is different than rage. It's more like a, it's something that is just unresolved, it's just constant and painful. Yeah. So this is where it gets really interesting. This is where <laughs> the whole thing is interesting. But you start searching for something more, mm -hmm. and um, like take us down that road. Your your path into the something more is really subtle. Yep. It's very subtle. But uh, dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. So my husband and I were working in the oil fields, and we worked in rig camps as cooks. So it was just myself, my husband, and a camp attendant the majority of the time. So what better way to get you alone than to literally put you alone? No friendships because you're working every day, four weeks in, one week out. You're not foraging any type of yeah. friendship outside of work. And we did that for 10 years. 
So during my time out there, I was like, okay, there's got to be something higher than this. But I don't want you, God. So let's explore what else there is. So, you know, looked into Buddhism, looked into, you know, Thai, whatever, Taoism, and all those different things. Stumbled upon an author who kind of opened the gateway very subtly into the path of witchcraft, working with crystals. Um, and it was very subtle. And the crystal thing mm -hmm. um, is so, like, it's part of our culture. Like, yep. It has been totally embraced. And your, your first delve into that was really to kind of counteract so the pain innocent. in your heart, right? So yeah. innocent, right? It's a beautiful rose quartz. It's supposed to give you love energy. Well, if you're angry, guess what you're going to grab? A rose quartz. Yeah. And it seems so innocent. And it must be okay because it's all about love. It's all about these beautiful emotions. When in fact, it's so dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's so dangerous because that's exactly how the enemy wants to get in there is give you something that seems so innocent. Mm -hmm. So innocent. And it's really not. And you said that the... Like, there's no way you would ever stop at just a starting point. It's mm, I'm all or nothing. <laughs> yeah. So it started pulling you. Yep. And from crystals, like, you started just searching out what sort of stuff. Yep. Just healing things or what? Just different healing modalities, you know, looking into Reiki and yoga. And that leads you into all kinds of doors that begin to open. And then it's so subtle to slip into this well, what really is witchcraft? What, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. And then you start getting this sense of there's power there. And when you're secluded and you're angry and you've been rejected, yeah. power is very appealing. Yeah, and you said like, and I think that this is really important for us to hear even uh, in the church world, what you experienced is actual manifestations, yep. actual power source, like there's, there's a yep. physical experience or a spiritual experience that you have. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's nothing. Yeah. It's not all in your mind. Yeah. If you hear about, you know, witches that cast spells, they're not kidding. Yeah. Like it is a real power. Mm -hmm. It is a real danger. And it's not something to take lightly. Yeah. So, and in that, as you kind of went down that road um, and you begin to experience things, the draw is more and more and more, but the power is a, it, like it's directed towards self, yeah. self power, yeah. right? Can it's you explain that a little bit? It's all me. I am the powerful one. I am the one who can change my circumstances. I am the one who can decide who gets in to hurt and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about the me. In fact, one of the, uh, the, the spellcasting that a, a lot of witches will like to use myself when I was in that included was to cast like a shield around yourself that wouldn't allow anyone to penetrate. So literally creating this force field around you that keeps everyone else yeah. out. Wow. So you can never be hurt. And you're in this bubble and you're all powerful. Which is literally the opposite of Psalm 91 yeah. and praying the protection and hiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah. So like everything that you encountered, now that you're in the word again, you're like, <laughs> they are direct counterfeits, like direct, direct counterfeit. copies of yep. everything that God says, God does. Yeah. There's a copy for it. Yeah. Easy, accessible. Yeah. So one of the things that you had mentioned um, early on, just like the the affirmations, mm -hmm. like the personal affirmations, which sounds like a good <laughs> personal pep talk, mm -hmm. but how does that trail go? Yeah, the whole, I am powerful. I am, you know, a shield. I am unpenetrable. All these things that are meant to build you up, which sound really good. You're doing personal affirmations, but there's no God in it. Yeah, It's me, it's yeah. not him. And as you're going down this road, you were like, uh, Tamara shared with me that she, with the week's off, you can get to a Kohl's bookstore and you would go mm -hmm. and just sit there and scour the shelves mm -hmm. of spirituality. There's like a few 
items of Christianity and the rest is all occultic. All, yep, all of it. In our bookstores. Mm-hmm. And more acceptable you have found than Christianity. Way more acceptable. In fact, if you go to bookstores now, um, the amount of Bibles that are on the shelves, maybe three or four. The amount of books on how to be a witch are extensive mm -hmm. and they're so easily acceptable and they've got beautiful pictures. They look yeah. so enticing and friendly and they're not. Yeah. So the drift was pretty, like it was, there was a hunger. You know mm -hmm. that there's God because yep. you've encountered, you've encountered God as a child. Yeah. You've been hurt far enough that you're directly going the opposite way. Yeah. And it led you, like, I think it might shock some of us to hear the word witch. Like we don't, we don't say that a lot. Mm -hmm. We would say somebody's, somebody's into spiritualism, somebody's into the occult or whatever, but you have to, you yeah, find I yourself. I define like, myself as a witch. I was a witch. Yeah. And so you would introduce yourself as that if, yeah. if somebody asked. If someone ever asked, yep. Because the reality is it takes you to a path that is anti-God. Yeah. From the beginning of Genesis and on, we know that it is God's really specific about you have no other mm -hmm. gods before me. So you go into direct rebellion direct about rebellion. this, which is like, praise the Lord for his protection because, wow. But um, you you drifted into like the Celtic flow. And this, mm -hmm. is, this is the thing you've crossed over from crystals, um, declarations about yourself, uh, you know, into this pagan world. And just, I'm gonna um, read a definition. This is, this is something I, I think it's important for us to understand paganism. Like we, there's a lot of different words and a lot of things that are out there, but paganism, Merriam-Webster just defines it as spiritual beliefs and practices other than those of Judaism, Islam, and especially Christianity. So stuff that is outside, because even Islam is connected through Abraham. It's the story of the Bible. It's, you know, yeah. um, but this is outside of that. So it's something that is different. Um, there's another article by NHS Trust that says, paganism has its roots in pre-Christian religions. And this is where you landed in Europe. So we're talking like the Roman gods, Greek things, Celtic stuff, all of that. Pagans understand deity to manifest within nature and recognize divinity as taking on many forms, finding expressions in goddesses and gods. Goddess worship is central to paganism. Pagans believe that, na that nature is sacred. Human beings are seen as just part of nature, along with other animals, trees, stones, plants, and everything else that is of earth. So that's basically where you drifted, yeah. is this goddess worship and that kind of stuff. Yeah, very um, much so. How'd you get there? <laughs> Some days I'm not even sure. <laughs> I think because I've, I've always been a learner, so the more I would learn, the more I wanted to learn. So I just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole and fell into um, the Celtic path. A lot of it had to do with the music. I was really drawn into Celtic music. It, went, it had a very worshipy vibe to it, mm -hmm. um, but very like down-to-earth, homegrown kind of sound. And I appreciated that. And they, the different goddesses that were involved, there was one that was, you know, super powerful and one that was the goddess of creativity. And I'm like, well, I'm a creative, perfect. Let's work together. Um, like, you know, th these are things that go through your head when you're involved in that. Yeah. It, to, when you're in it, it just makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. When you're on the other side of it, you're going, what? <laughs> and the bait, like, I think it's interesting when you mention music and you've said you feel like music in general, mm. music is one of the biggest portals into the supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent believe that, um, any music that we're allowing into our homes, into our cars, it has such an effect on the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. If we're like, particularly with, with our children, if we listen to the lyrics, it's incredible mm -hmm. what we can unknowingly allow into our homes and into our minds. Mm -hmm. Like music is just, it's such a gateway. That's I mean, huge. we saw it today in worship. What a beautiful welcoming of presence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it is the same concept. And I think mm -hmm. um, the other thing, like you've, you've talked about the, 
basically almost like grooming of a society. Like, because I had said to Tamara, I'm like, honestly, you like, we need to understand that when we say you were a witch and into paganism and whatever, people are picturing like full moons and cauldrons and whatever. And Tamara's like, yeah, that's, that's an actual thing. You're not wrong. <laughs> but you also said, and a lot of the things that are used in paganism are groomed into toys for children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at cartoons. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my grandbabies were watching um, a cartoon when I was visiting them and I couldn't believe it was all about Dungeons and Dragons and they were making it look like this innocent game and they're casting spells mm -hmm. and they're playing with crystals. Mm -hmm. It's there. And that's, oh, we got to guard our kids. Lord yeah. Help us. So, and as you were going into that, you know, you... You pushed it about as far as you could until it, it got to the point that it scared you. Until it scared me. Yep. And I think that that's, a, that's an interesting thing, yep. it, that it even hit the point where you put the brakes on. Yeah. And that to me is significant because prior to this, everything about this journey that you've been on was very isolated, mm -hmm. very alone, very, you still angry, still upset, mm -hmm. all of this stuff. But you couldn't like, uh, you, you couldn't be taken over by this. There was something that was pulling you. And you believe that it really is the power of praying parents. Oh, 100%. 100%. Moms and dads, if you are pressing in for your prodigals, don't stop. Yeah. So your mom and dad, I mean, they, at the, the beginning when you were a kid and they were still working out their salvation still and didn't, didn't always get stuff. it right, no. but they loved their girl. Yeah. And as they've progressed on their walk with the Lord, they continue to pray for you. And yeah. that, that invitation for the prodigal to come home is there in the spirit. Yeah. And it did protect you. And mm. there was something massive that shifted in that. Yeah. I think that um, you, are, you are one of the greatest testimonies that I'm aware of, of somebody who um, you've dabbled about as far to the edge as you could, but the grace of God kept you mm. and like snatched you from the edge. Yeah. And you're, I think this is like the most bizarre thing, but you're probably the one person <laughs> I know who actually was grateful for the season of COVID. Yep. Because 2020 changed everything for you. Changed everything. And so from the place of you went into all the heavy stuff, experienced yeah. all of that, um, COVID happens, you're in a camp job, so you get sent home. Yeah. And God gets a shot. Yeah. Again. God gets a shot. So tell us what happens. Put it. <laughs> 2020, you come home, and then what? Yep. So the world is shut down. I am more isolated than ever. It's my four walls and my husband. Yeah. Thank goodness he's a wonderful man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, But I can remember I went out and I was walking and I was just so angry. You wouldn't know it today, but man, I was angry. I just, my goal in life was if you came close, I was gonna make sure that you left angry. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought for sure you were after my position. You were after my husband. You like, and I was gonna fight you for it with everything I had. Though I was not this yeah. person that you see in front of you anymore. Yeah. Anyway, so I went out walking and I just stopped and the world was so quiet and I just screamed, universe, source, God, I don't care which one of you, but you have to fix this because I can't be this person anymore. So you take it, I'm done. And I truly believe that that day God was like, I'm in. Yeah. I, there's my in. And uh, yeah, for the rest of 2020, he just kept opening doors that I didn't even see. I, I had no idea that he was working behind the scenes, but he's just so good. Did you feel anything that day when you, I could, can you just imagine you're the person like looking out your window, like <laughs> seeing this crazy yelling woman at? yelling. <laughs> yelling at the universe. Okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm done. We, we all kind of felt like it at that time, but um, yep. you had a different purpose. So I did, but yeah, I did. I, I didn't know mm -hmm. if anything had shifted, um, but things definitely had. I became involved in a life coaching community online, which started to soften my heart again. 
it started to show me that not everybody is awful as I pictured them. Um, it started giving me a heart for people again. Mm -hmm. And I, I had no idea I was still involved with the crystals, but it was starting to taper off. Yeah. Because I was starting to have this sense of belonging, even though it was online. Thank you for online communities. Yeah. Um, I started to feel like I was part of something bigger than myself. Purpose. Purpose. Yeah. yeah. Purpose changes everything. Yeah. But the crystal thing, I think this is so bizarre. So you end up on an online, was it Facebook or something? Online crystal a, community? A crystal community. And I met a Christian woman there, <laughs> of all things. Who now you're like, she probably shouldn't have been on there. but <laughs> Probably shouldn't have been on there. But thank you, Lord, that she was. Um, very devoted, had her own story with God, and was selling crystals. And oh. we just forged this friendship. And it was like the most ridiculous thing ever, but we would call each other on Facebook Messenger almost every day. We were always in conversation. And as I moved through the coaching community, she ended up being one of my first clients, which ended up with a Bible in my house. Cause I'm like, well, I'm gonna speak her language. I might as well get a Bible. Yeah, like this is so funny. So I, I don't know what, what her journey is, or I'm sure God's probably worked. He's doing with a the, thing the, there, the, yep. Yeah. <laughs> but when you would talk on Messenger, and you're going through your life stuff, mm -hmm. and she just, you, you said that she, um, she wasn't judgmental. She yep. never tried to, like, preach to you. She yep. would just say, the Bible says this. Yep. So Tamara goes and buys a Bible <laughs> so that she can talk to her. Like, yep. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Like, you know. Literally. You just know God's sitting there going, yeah, that's, that's my girl, this I is great. I walked into the bookstore and I'm like, uh, Amplified, okay, my mom read that and Joyce Myers, yeah, I know that name. That, that should be fine. I'll take that one home. It's fine. Battlefield of the Mind Bible is what Anybody I walked home with that, that day. I mean, it's a, it's a three, it's a, three it's a, volume encyclopedia it's almost. It's a big Bible. <laughs> That's it. So just so that you can talk to this lady online just so I can in the culture language, <laughs> but God starts to talk to you instead. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. So where where do you go? In fact, I do, I do want to just point out like that you had said uh, specifically. She talked openly with you, and you never felt judged by by her, and yep. you always heard this is what the word says, and she would just leave it with you. Yep. So that um, for those of us who are ministering to people who are in the valley of decision. That's like some good counsel. It's, it's huge. Like maybe your it's opinion huge. is not super relevant, but the word always is. That's it. And she would just, this is what the Bible says. And it was never to preach at me. It was never to condemn. It was truly just a, an avenue of conversation. Yeah. And I even asked her at one point, I'm like, dude, you're a Christian. I'm a witch. How does this work? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. We're friends. That's how it works. Wow. Hey. Yep. So this is, this is one of the things that I like treasure is hearing stories like that in the journey. And um, we're gonna get into how it really amps up um, after that. But I, I feel like that is, it's the picture of Jesus. Like those of us that, you know, we enjoy watching The Chosen or whatever, you never get any judgmental vibes off of Jesus or, you know, you never feel like eh, there's criticism. There's just like this welcoming, wherever you're at, come. You know, the woman that was caught in adultery, he like, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. And it was just, it was a welcome. It was an open heart. It was love and the encouragement to change yeah. and, and be transformed and repent, right? Mm -hmm. Which means to turn and go the other way. So you went through this year of online stuff, the coaching community, you finally yeah. feel like you got purpose. Um, you're starting to make money at it, starting to make doing money. well. So yep. when it was possible to go back to work, you decided to not because yep. um, you're making money yep. um, online, <laughs> yes, which is great. And, and doing the coaching thing, and honestly, you do give super good advice and everything. So I'm sure you're very good at it. <laughs> but um, reading the Bible so that you can talk to this lady. Well, not really reading the Bible yet. Oh, It was there and I had access to it, but I didn't know what to do with it. Very good. So it was just there on the desk. It was an offer. It was, yep. Yeah, so there. you get to the end of October 2021. Yep. And the finances followed. Yeah. Everything hit rock bottom. Uh, all my clients pulled out. Um, there was no income. 
There was nothing coming in. And I didn't know how to tell my husband that. I'm like, he's doing his part, and all of a sudden, I can't cover my bills. Mm-hmm. So pretty much about as low as I could get at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, friendships that I had thought I had forged again had pulled away. So uh, November 4th, 2021. <laughs> hmm, this is the best part of the story. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, my husband went to work, and I sat on my couch. And uh, I just bawled, like the ugly, snot-running, ugly cry. And <laughs> The end of yourself oh, cry. That's it. This is like the end of the rope. Yeah. There's, there's nothing left here. And I said, God, if you're real, I need to hear your voice. And it was immediate. Proverbs 2, verse 3. When you cry out for wisdom and insight. And... Uh, I just came undone in that moment, specifically because that's what I was doing. I was crying out for wisdom. Um, And the word usage of insight, that's the coaching community that I was part of. So these were all like, not only did God hear me, but he was answering me Mm -hmm. and telling me, I'm right here. Yeah. And in that moment, I said, I'm yours forever. Which is amazing. I'm yours forever. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we, I have in my head, my soundtrack, I, you know, the old World War II reels when it, I think it's D-Day and there's like that big voice. It's like a day that will go down in infamy. <laughs> I'm like, that was the day the enemy lost big and Jesus was like, okay, watch this. Because it. everything changed that day. Everything. And I think that yes. this is a key part of your story is you didn't just pray and go, okay, Jesus, I'm yours. No. You did a house clean. I did a house clean. I renounced everything in the name of Jesus. I covered my house in the blood of the lamb. Every crystal was gone. Every like witch book was thrown away. Back, right? The stuff that yep. you knew about. Everything that I had learned about yeah, when you surrender, you renounce everything else. So, and I was like, I don't know if I'm using the right words, but here we go. <laughs> We're in it to win it now. Yeah. Yeah. So you turfed everything. Everything was gone. By the time your husband got home from work that night, you're a different person. Your house is different. The atmosphere's all every. I mean, poor guy. Welcome home, babe. Like, <laughs> how was your day? <laughs> yes. Like huge. But this, that yeah. part matters because we yeah. do watch people struggle for years, sometimes coming out of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that your immediate like 180 yeah. and like, I don't want that anymore, yeah. really accelerated the, the speed with which Jesus was able to bring the healing that needed oh. to happen, right? Well, he knows us so intimately. Like when the Bible talks about that he knit us in our mother's womb, there's yeah. a reason why he knows how to speak to us. For me, it was like, I'm purpose-driven. You know, give me a project and that'll drive me. So one of the first things he had me do was write a book. And that was, and trust me, it is not theologically sound. (laughs) But what it did do was it got me deep into his word every single day. There was time spent where I would sit and go, okay, God, lead me in your word. And it was like, you know, playing roulette. Where are we gonna land? but he knew how to get to me. Mm-hmm. He knew that his word was the way to get to me. And you got back into worship right away and you said there was like months of yeah. tears, like kind of cleansing tears. There still is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tenderness is amazing. Yes, yes. Yeah. And he just, he strategically set up people to come into my world. Um, after that happened, a friend of mine just happened and I, I hadn't told anyone about any of this, because I, I didn't know how to share it. Mm. I didn't, like I wanted it to be mine for a little while, you know, like in that secret place. This is just me and you, and we're working this out. So there was a lot to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but a friend of mine reached out and said, hey, there's this Proverbs challenge going on on Facebook in January, you should check it out. I'm like, well, that's the verse that he gave me was Proverbs. I should probably be there. I should probably take part in this. And that opened up um, avenues to incredible teachers, Bill Johnson, Chris Vallotton, um, 
I can't even think of all the names, Christine Kane, all these people. I had no idea. I didn't even know what Christian music sounded like anymore. I'd been so far out of like Jesus culture. What? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all got sound now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new world. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with a little old school Petra, but. No, that is um, true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the, you ended up being led to really um, people that we would know as prophetic, spirit-filled, yeah. like it, it wasn't evangelical mm -hmm. in nature so much as it was very Holy Spirit-led, which yeah. is the pure form of what you had encountered in the occultic world. So. Yeah it makes sense that God drew you there. And you, you kind of spent the next year doing church online and yep. experiencing God oh, moving very totally. personally. Very personally. Um, went to Bethel online. At the time I was, I would bake for my husband every Sunday morning so I could only go to church at night, which was great. I would go into my office, I'd close the door, tell him I'm going to work, put my headphones in, whisper to the worship music and just get fed every Sunday at Bethel online, mm -hmm. which was wonderful. And then I'd get a little bit louder in my singing and the headphones started coming out, getting a little bit more brave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this was your safety net of like coming back to Jesus, which I think is, yeah. is the big, like it's really not about church, it's about Jesus. The relationship yeah. is everything. Mm. But as extension of that, he puts us in families and he puts us in community. Yeah. So COVID ends, churches are open. Um, there's the draw to come back and you start mm -hmm. to feel God say, you need to find a community. Yeah. Which you had pain issues with God that you had worked out, but you had a whole nother layer of pain <laughs> issues with the church it's all that hadn't yet been worked out. Yeah. And so phase two of healing yeah. starts then. Yeah. So tell us about that process. Well, so he started directing me and saying, it's time, it's time to step out, get into a live church. So I, like every good researcher, go to YouTube, start watching different services. And it was a pursuit night here. And Johnny, I will forever be grateful to you because uh, he was sharing his story one night at Pursuit. And I was like, he can stand up at the front and share that and nobody is like shaming him. They're clapping for him. Like, I can go there. I, I could be okay there. Yeah. And then I listened to a worship set and I'm like, yeah, I can go there. So thank you, Mel. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can go there. So August of 2022, pulled into the parking lot and um, sat there and just bawled. I said, God, I don't know if I could go in there. God, I got a huge pentagram on my arm. You know where I've been. I don't know if I can walk in those doors. But his presence was so thick when I drove onto the lot that there was really no option. It's like, you're going, off you go. Yeah. So I came in, I sat third row from the back on the outside, quick escape. You always gotta have a plan. <laughs> and you walked up the aisle, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And I spent that entire service just in tears and the next one and the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember that Sunday actually because it was, I, I remember meeting you, but I didn't want to ask your name because I felt like I should know your name already because she belongs here. <laughs> like this is somebody, she's, I've, I've probably met her before and I've forgotten her name. Like it, there was, you belonged here. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was obvious from the beginning. And so you kind of plugged in, which was huge. Mm -hmm. um, but you were only coming every second week-ish. Yeah. And there was a counterattack on there that was, There was. There um, was. I was coming. I had dropped my husband off at work. And it was just this, like, you should go to a different church today. Nobody there knows you. Nobody's going to miss you. Nobody cares if you walk in the door. 
Why bother? The old stuff, the seed that got planted when you were sitting in that nursery or when that pastor said he didn't know who you were. That's it. All of those lies started to come up again. And I even went and I sat outside of another church. I'm like, I'll just go there. Maybe I'll fit in there. That church didn't start till half an hour after our church. (laughs) And I'm naturally early, so I would have been like two hours early. (laughs) Can't do that. I'm like, all right, God, one more time. You get one more shot. So I walked in and someone on the welcome team, and I will forever be grateful to you. When I walked in, I said, Tamara, I'm so happy you're here. It wasn't just the welcome. They knew my name. They knew my name. Yeah. And this is the stuff, like, I think the, the beauty of that is that we know that God knows our name. We know that he, he's counted the hairs on our head. We know that, you know... He's intimately acquainted with us, and yet he works through the hands and feet of people and the mouths of people, and every encounter matters. And it's just, I love that your story of being um, kind of rebuilt in church community is that it's so multifaceted. There's no one person that's, you know, thank you. for. It's a series of people being obedient and willing Mm -hmm. and loving. And um, it allowed you to have enough, you know, gain enough traction that you could dig in. And you started with the fast track program, but you also were regular um, pursuits, your favorite night of the month. Suit is my favorite. (laughs) And there was one night in particular you had mentioned that um, we were just worshiping God. We were just like in the zone of holy, holy, holy. And you had like a God encounter that was, that was life altering. I think it was probably in, I want to say February. Yep. And uh, we were singing Holy. And Mel, you just kept singing it over and over and over. And I was towards the back and I couldn't get close enough to the ground. And it was just this wave after wave of I love you. Just this holy moment of God loving me just loving me. And that night, which is weird because we don't normally have like altar calls at Pursuit. But that night, we did. We did. And uh, Pastor Bragg came over and all you said was, daughter, I love you. And I was like, oh God, you're so good. Yeah. You're so good. And then Pastor Linda came and she started hugging me to the point where it was uncomfortable. But... But I just kept hearing God, like, just lean in. Just receive this right now. And then for like a week after, I would be driving and it would be this wave of, I love you. Just, I love you. And I'd be like, God, we have to stop doing this. I can't drive and cry all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little unsafe. (laughs) But uh, it, it was just that moment of realizing this is what relationship is. This is what you mean when you say you love me. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Which is incredible because it's that whole full circle thing of starting as a kid in church and you, you know you love Jesus, but you couldn't receive the love that he offered. And now at this point in your life, nobody's going to tell you otherwise. Mm-mm. No, no. It, this, this book right here, every word is true. When he says, I love you, he's not kidding. Yeah. It's there for all of us. Yeah. And you've got, we've all got past. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things um, that we talked about early on, like, you know, and we tend to in our culture currently, we we tattoo everything on about our journey and whatever. And you're like, I've got, I've got tattoos and I, you know, I'm not sure if I, you know, could put them out there or whatever. And then as you've walked through the love of God, I remember watching you, you know, get shorter and shorter sleeves and it's like, it's out there, you know? And I asked you, I'm like, what are you going to say if somebody asks you, you know, why do you have that tattooed on you? And, and what are you going to say? Yep. You know, it's uh, you ever want to start a conversation? 
talk to someone who has a pentagram on their arm and a cross around their neck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, Because I will tell people, that's where I was, and this is who I am. Yeah, isn't that good? Let me tell you the story. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that because, again, the enemy would love us to, st- like, to stay in shame and like we need to hide that. But no, that is your walking testimony of God's faithfulness. And um, kind of when we like, work through these things, we end up with a, a phrase or a declaration about um, our encounter with God that we know to be a truth. And you've got one that I, I asked you, like, if there was one thing you want everybody to know, if there's one thing that you could say about God one thing you could say about encountering the real Jesus versus spirituality or witchcraft or paganism or whatever, what do they need to know about God? There's a seat at the table for you. He's just waiting for you to say yes. Yeah, which is incredible. That idea that there's like, there's always a seat at the table. Um, I feel like, you know, we can picture this, you know, the story of the prodigal son and the, the father running. And I feel like in your case, um, we know, we know that, that Jesus, um, he's walking with us. He, he, he knows the pain. He knows the struggles. And I have no doubt that, you know, when you were growing up in the church and you saw hypocrisy, I have no doubt that it troubled Jesus as well. I have no doubt that when you, you know, found somewhere else to belong and, you know, drifted into the things that you never would have thought you would drift into, it, it hurt the heart of God as well, that, that he understood that, that, that when you felt rejected by the church, when you came back as a single mom, I mean, I know who was sitting beside you on that couch. If it wasn't the other women in the nursery, it was absolutely Jesus with you. And I feel like the, the picture that I sense is just the, the, you know, the windy road, the journey. But when you got to the end of the end and you were like, you know, creator, universe, whoever, the father began to run. Yeah. And it's that, it's the pick up the robes and run because our daughter is coming home. And this is the thing that is so incredible to me is that it's, it's not too late. There's nobody too far gone. And when you say there's always a seat at the table for everyone, it means that you can never go so far that there's not a way back that God will make for you. And I love how in your story, um, you, you encountered God in the ways that you think, in the, the way that you operate, in the way that you do life. He met you and he put out those little bits and those little opportunities all along the way, just waiting for you to say yes. And um, hindsight now, the drift towards paganism and whatever, anybody who is dabbling towards any of that stuff, what would you say to them? Don't. Just, (laughs) Just don't. Run to the Father. Yeah. You know, He has everything you need. Yeah. And then some. Yeah. You know, everything you need, everything that you could want. And anything that Satan can give you that looks like shiny and powerful and everything, it's nothing compared to what God can do for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Is that so good? Yeah. So I'm going to ask Tamara if you would just pray over those who are in-house today, those who are watching online, um, just in their journey and their pursuit. And then we're going we're gonna to have the worship team come and we're going to do some prayer as well here in-house, but just in general, pray what's on your heart to pray if you would. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord. Abba Father, our Redeemer, Thank you, God, that we can never run far out of your reach, God, that you are right there. Lord, that you are standing with open arms, waiting for us to give you our yes. Lord, your word says that you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And Lord, we praise your name. That you always have room for us, God, that we are never an inconvenience for you. 
that we are always on your mind, we are always on your heart. And God, anyone today who feels like they are too far down the path, God, rest on them. Rest on them, God, in the only way that you can enrapture them with your love, God. Mm -hmm. Father, let us see how passionate you are about us. Lord, that you delight in your kids, that you speak to us in ways, Lord, that are meaningful to us as individuals. You are sovereign God. You are holy God. And you love us. You take time for us. And Lord, when we give you our yes, we are changed forever. Mm -hmm. And we praise your name. Yeah. Draw home your kids today, God. Yes, God. Every single one, Lord, draws home. In your precious name, God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And thank you, Tamara. Thanks again for tuning in to The Light Show. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or want to support this ministry, you can visit us at www.victorygp.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the promptings. If you're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, we'd love if you'd come and join us there. We hope you'll join us again for the next episode of The Light Show. Remember, We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony.